for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Who do you sit with? That's a bigger question than you may realize, and that's what we're going to talk about today on Your Next Step. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy from The Church Next Door. With me is Pastor Doyle Jackson. Yeah, that's a good question. I love that. Who do you sit with? You know, who are the people you hang out with? And, you know, that's reflective of Psalm 1, isn't it? Yeah. The psalmist says, you know, uh, who you hang out with. And, And by the time you get to sitting, you're pretty committed to that relationship, he talks about walking and standing and exactly. sitting in that one. And 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 Jesus is questioned because he sits with people that are not overtly godly. They're actually more resemblant of the ungodly, the tax collectors and the sinners. Yeah, that's good. But he does so for a very specific reason uh, that his critics couldn't see. He did it because he had what we're calling today brave love. Yeah, I I think sometimes we don't really understand theologically, you know, we don't really believe that Jesus was totally without sin. Right. See, Jesus was not like us. His his father was the Holy Spirit, you know, his, his father was from heaven. And so he didn't have, at least part of him didn't have human uh, sinful DNA. So he wasn't sinful from the very beginning. And so he could hang out with these people. Let's let's dive into this today because we're going to talk about how healthy we are. I'm excited about this new series. We're starting a new series today called Brave Love because I believe it's it's really applicable. I believe that all of us have to engage relationships at some level. And, and just to take a little bit of time to unpack that is so important. This week, I was thinking about it this way. I was thinking about, have you noticed when, when prices go down? So when the cost of something goes down, it brings freedom. It brings the freedom that more people can participate. Let me give you just a practical example. When the price of fuel goes down, when it costs less to get gas, then more people can fill up and more people have freedom. Well, love is the same way. When, when the price of love goes down, meaning that you don't make someone pay <laughs> to receive your love, when you just give it away for free, the more you love, it brings freedom into the relationship. And so that's why we want to talk about it, because what happens is this. We get hurt in life. And because we got hurt, it makes us difficult for us to give away love. See, when we get hurt in relationships, we get hurt in life, then we kind of back off and we're not so willing to give away our love to other people. And so it takes more courage to love when the prices go up in your life. So in this season, what we want to do is we want to unpack, well, have we been withholding our love because of a painful past and that's really not reflective of what we're going through right now. And, and, and we need to become people that give away love. And I think about it this way. In terms of your family, your family, your home, is the safest place for young people to learn about love. See, that's why home needs to be a safe place 
And that's what we're going to talk about brave love today. Hey, do me a favor, put your hands together and welcome everybody online to the church next door. Thank you. All right. If you are watching online, invite someone else to join us right now to be a part of this. When I was thinking about this love concept, I thought, well, what's an illustration of how that principle works about you giving love and receiving love and the cost? And the best thing I could think of is how many of you remember what it was like to learn how to ride a bicycle? So when you first learned to ride a bicycle, you were excited about the idea because you wanted to do it, but you were terrified at the same time of the price you might pay if you wrecked, right? And so you had to get on that bicycle and they're telling you, you've got to push with both legs, right? There's no way to get, you've got to get enough momentum going. You got to keep your balance. And the challenge is you're afraid to push because it'll throw you off balance and everything. Well, this is the way love works. I think this is a beautiful illustration. When you push down with one leg, you're giving love. And you're waiting for someone else to push on the other side. And see, what happens is you and I live in a world and we push, we give love, and someone else doesn't give it back in the same equal amount or the same way or they withhold love and you stall right there. This is why, this is why, remember they put your training wheels on your bike? So you could learn at home growing up in a safe environment. And see, they're supposed to be giving you love and you're receiving love and giving love and receiving love and giving love. And that's how you learn the freedom that comes from being loved. See, this is, this is really important. Now, it takes some bravery even with your training wheels on, doesn't it? But you, you look forward to the day when the training wheels come off, Right? But what happens? Then you're out in the real world. You've got potholes and you've got people that you give love to and they don't give it back because they're dealing on a different basis in a different system. And that's what we're going to learn about today, that there are other people, other ways of giving and receiving love and relating in life. And you and I, we struggle because we grew up in one home. Maybe you grew up in a home where love was just given unconditionally, openly, fully, it just overwhelmingly easy to receive love back. And then you get out into a world where people are playing games with love. And they're using it, withholding it. See what I'm saying? And that's when you realize everything in, in life is not the same as the way it was in our home. And that's why we're going to unpack this today. And we're calling it Brave Love Difficult because we realize when you go from your home, depending on the way your home was, it could be a, a difficult place to receive love too. Now you're out in the world and you want to have a different home for your own life. We're going to look at all that today, okay? And so we're going to unpack it. We're going to have a little bit of fun. So get out your notes, follow along with me. I promise you more than enough, all right? We all need help. When we look at the Bible, one of the great things about the Bible, it shows us that we're all broken people. We tend to think that there are people that are perfect out there. We may view that we're one of those perfect people. I don't know. But what the Bible shows you is that there are imperfect people that follow God. They make mistakes and and God works it through with them. But realize this, the reason we go to the word of God in the Bible is because it shows us other people's mistakes. One of the best things you can do is learn from somebody else's mistake. It is better, less painful, if you can learn from somebody else's mistake and not have to go through the pain yourself. But it takes humility 
for you to listen to somebody else. Pride says this. No, no, I like making my own mistakes. Well, go on with your bad self. Enjoy that painful process, okay? The Bible invites you and I to to live a life that understands there are good ways, okay, to do life, all right? We all need help. Mark chapter 2. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him, Jesus, eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? I want you to notice something. They were trying to divide Jesus' disciples from him. Why didn't they ask the question of Jesus? Because they were trying to divide the disciples from Jesus. They're trying to criticize Jesus to his own people. Be wary of people that will try to do that to your family, to the people in your life, okay? On hearing this, Jesus was paying attention. Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous, not to come to call the righteous, but sinners. So what Jesus was saying is the reason he came was because people are broken. And see, you and I, we get into these relationships, we get into life. It doesn't matter if you're single or married, it's just at work. You're dealing with people and people are sinners, people are broken. When Jesus makes this comment, wasn't he telling the, the, the Pharisees who thought they were perfect that they were sick too? Yes. You and I live in a world of sick, broken people. That's why it takes courage and bravery to love other sick, broken people because you'll put love in and they may not give it back. They may even take the pedal and go backwards and try to stop you. So I want you to think for a second, how would you rate yourself in terms of healthy or unhealthy, emotionally and spiritually? I mean, would you say you're a 10, you got it together? You want to be careful down there towards the 10. You might be a Pharisee and not know it. If you think you're a one, you're like, oh man, everything's falling apart. Why is that? Then take it a little bit further and ask yourself about your family. Where's your family on that scale? If they're sitting next to you, you may not want to mark it so they see that. Family is a zero. It's beyond one. You understand what I'm saying? Why is that important? Because if you and I can be honest about our spiritual life and the struggles that we have and our emotional awareness, if you were talking about emotional awareness, you know what that is, right? The ability to know how someone else is feeling emotionally. Luke chapter 5, Jesus, the same context, you know, about sinners. This is Jesus' response. Jesus speaking, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus' goal was not just to come and convict the world that they were sinners. See, a lot of people stop there. They think Jesus' whole goal, he just came to beat us all up and tell No, no, no. He, Jesus came to give us healing of our sinful way. Jesus came to fix that to call us to repentance, to a new way of life. So what what we're doing by talking about brave love today is we want to look at this, we want to unpack this, we want to evaluate our life and say, God, is there some way I need to repent? Is there something broken about the way I view the world? Is there something broken in the way my family view the world? Is there something broken about the way I'm reacting in the midst of my relationships right now? At work or at school or wherever you're, Listen, if you're relating to people, let me tell you something recently. 
I was talking to somebody and they have to work online right now. And, and they said, I do better. I do better when I get to see the people that I'm working with. And this person was describing to me, she said, my team has started turning off their camera for all of our Zoom meetings. And, and this person was saying, this is so demotivating. Now, can I ask you a question? Why are you turning off your camera for Zoom meetings? You ain't participating. That is not healthy. Your employer will not get the outcomes they need if we behave that way. I don't care if they gave you permission to do that. Wash your face, get dressed, and show up for work even if it's online. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do, because you're partnering with us, you're listening, and, and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. you got to go right. and get it, because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to... Yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email. You'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. You are a God follower and your character matters 24-7. See, people are not giving there, are they? Listen, when you show up and you smile on that screen and you say, let's get to going today, you're encouraging the whole team, right? Teamwork makes the dream work. That's what we're talking about, right? See, that's an area of repentance. And and you and I, we live in a sick, broken world, and we need to see where we're wrong and not call other people out as much as we say, oh, man, this has been wrong. I mean, I've been getting sloppy. I've been staying on mute, not participating. I've not been showing up and putting my face on there. God, forgive me. You understand what I'm saying? Mark chapter 3, all right? The reason we're learning is we want to change. Mark chapter 3, this is about Jesus. Jesus entered a house, and again, a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. It was not a snow day in Galilee. I'm just saying. The crowd was so big, all right? 
When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said he is out of his mind. Now you say, Pastor, why are you sharing that? Because you think your family was messed up, and you're the only one with a messed up family. Jesus' family thought he was crazy. See, we look at Jesus, and we say, fully God, fully divine, right? And yet we, we totally discount how human he was. Do you know how bad that would hurt? To have your whole family show up at a big gathering and they're outside telling everybody you're crazy? Some of us have lived that. And see, it's painful. And so when I talk about Jesus, this shows us that Jesus was fully human. Jesus felt rejection from his own family. Jesus felt the pain and the sorrow. He was the Messiah. I believe with all my heart that he was fully human and fully divine. Jesus chose not to respond badly to his bad family experience. See, you and I may have had a bad family experience, but because we know Jesus, we can lean in to a better way. This is why repentance is important. This is why we engage this. But I need you to take some time to become aware of who you are from your past and your family. And you have to unpack that. And the Bible invites us, Jesus invites us to healing for that brokenness in a new way. So I give you this question, how tight-knit was your family? This is what I mean. When I do pre-marriage counseling and Pastor Dan does pre-marriage counseling, this is one of the areas we dive into because we want to know, you know, your family, how close were they? I remember this. I remember one day Jennifer telling me, my mom, this is when we were dating, my mom asked if you kissed me last night. I said, excuse me? Number one, why would that be her business? And yet Jennifer thought that was totally normal because she and her mom talked about everything, all right? Yes, heads are nodding in the room right now. Because see, from, from her worldview, my mom never asked me. I don't think my mom's asked me if I kissed my wife yet, and I'm, I'm closing it on 30 years. I assume my mom assumes that that has happened because we have children. That's all I'm going to say, all right? If you don't understand what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. Emotional awareness, that's all I'm saying, you know? Now, why is that? Because Jennifer's family had an expectation of a certain share level, a closeness. Uh, I had a different level on that certain subject. You see what I'm saying? Was your family really, did they do everything together? Was your family the kind of family we always roll up our sleeves and show up for one another? Or was your family the kind of family that's like, we trust you to take care of yourself. You've got that. You can handle that. You see, I'm not saying one is better than the other. In my family growing up, there were stories told about Uncle Dick and Aunt Mim. All right. They, uh, when they got married in their first years of their marriage, when they would come to the table, he would sit down, she would sit in his lap, and they would eat off the same plate. For years. For years. 
Some of you right now are saying, there ain't no way I'm sharing my plate with anybody. It's my food. You get what I'm saying? Others of you right now are thinking, oh, how sweet. Wasn't that beautiful? Listen, I don't care where you are on that scale. I'm just telling you, if you grew up with Dick and Mim, you might think when you got to a dating relationship, you have to sit in their lap for every meal. So you're evaluating all your dates on whether or not you wanted them in your lap. See, you and I, we come to marriage, we come to life, we come to relationship. It doesn't matter if it's at school, if it's at work, if it's... See, you and I right now, we have standards and evaluations, and some of those are wrong, some of those are right. You have to sift through them and evaluate them. How about this? How about this next category? This is all about rules and, and, and procedures and how you approach things. In your family, was there a right way or a wrong way to load the dishwasher? See what I'm saying? Like, is, is there procedures for things? Are there rules to things? Or your family, was it kind of free and open? Man, if we get them into the dishwasher before the weekend, that's good. You know what I'm saying? We just throw them away. We always eat on paper. We don't even believe in dishwasher. What is it? Let me give you an example from my family, okay? I grew up in the home of a veterinarian. And way back when I was a child, we had phones that were looked like boxes and they were attached to cords that went into your wall, okay? We had two of them. All my friends thought it was so cool because we had two phones. One was our home phone and the other was the business phone. You could not have two lines on one phone, for those of you that are confused by this whole process. But let me tell you this. When the phone rang, we answered, and this is why. It meant money. It meant we got food on the table. It meant that there was an animal that was sick somewhere, and its life might depend on our showing up and helping out. And so when the phone rang, we answered it. It didn't go on for three rings. I never, ever to this day, have heard my dad's phone ring to three rings. We answered the phone on the first ring. Hello, Animal Care Clinic, may I help you? I could say that in my sleep today. I still know the phone numbers. And they don't exist in our family anymore. Now, why is that? That's the way my family was. You may have grown up in a family that's like, oh, I don't care if the phone's ringing. I'm not answering that. And, and what matters is this. When you get married, when you come into a relationship, when you go to work and the phone's ringing and the boss is like, can somebody answer that? You understand? We have different worlds. Now, why is that important? Because when you come into a relationship you got to know what your standards are. So I'm going to give you what I call the four C's, okay? And I think this is important if you're dating, but I also think it can be highly important when you talk about hiring somebody to work for you. Does this mean I'm saying that, that you should not hire anybody who's not a Christian? No, I'm just asking you to consider that. But I am saying if you're going to date somebody, you better have the four C's. And the first one is Christ. Why is that? Because if they don't believe in the Messiah, Jesus, you're going to be headed in two different directions in your spiritual life. 
And I don't believe in missionary dating. I believe in missionaries. I believe in leading people to Christ. I think that's all good. But you should not missionary date, meaning date somebody and then try to get them to convert to Christianity. It will not go well with you. The second area is what we call character. What kind of character are they? Now, this becomes really important. And and I've been thinking about this a lot because we're online church now. You know what I'm saying? And we live in a world where everybody does everything digitally. And so everybody meets one another digitally. This is the reason that I do online church. It's the reason we started online church three, four years ago. It's because we wanted people to come look at what it was like here to find out what we were like to surf through and have an imagination of what the church next door was like. Why do you go online? You go online, you look through their profile, you're trying to figure out a little bit about them. But is your goal to stay right there? No! You do not want to have a 40-year digital relationship. Your whole imagination is that one day you're going to meet the person. You're going to find out if they look like their profile picture. If they look like a model in their profile picture, and then you show up to meet them, and you're like, is this you? There's a character problem, isn't there? You've been listening to Brave Love Difficult on Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, I I like that word brave. I always wanted to be brave when I was a kid. Still do, I guess. Well, I think when I I actually wrote this sermon series in the beginning, I, I really... I like the idea of Braveheart in terms of that yes. character. Uh, William Wallace, you know, he 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 really loved his country. I'm I'm not saying he's perfect, and it's been a long time since I've seen that. But but I like the idea that when we love bravely, it's going to take courage mm-hmm. and it's going to take strength, and that's what I see Jesus did. You know, he he went to the cross, and then he invites us to repent. It takes a lot of guts to repent, yeah. to admit that you're wrong, to confess that, and then make make restitution at times, to, to walk it out. It, it takes so much strength and so much courage. So that's what I see going on in this, uh, and, and that's why I like it. And I want to invite you to the difficult, is what I would say. Absolutely, because we believe there's blessings uh, on the other side. There's blessings to doing difficult. There's blessings being brave. Blessings to the cross. In fact, we've put together a free resource that we want to share with everybody about the cross. It goes back to the messages we were doing a couple of weeks ago. So if you will go to doylejackson.com, we will ask for your email, put your email in there, and we will send you this resource about what the cross does for us. Yeah, we're going to go through the nine attributes of the cross that Jesus took on so that we might receive the freedom and the life and, and the blessings from God. It's really good. So again, that's DoyleJackson.com. Go there, give us your email. We'll send you that uh, resource very quickly. And then why don't you come back because we have more for you on Your Next Step. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to help keep us on the air, visit DoyleJackson.com and click Give. That's DoyleJackson.com. You can also send a check to The Church Next Door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. 
Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.